Side Hustle Show 125, 4K a month on the side with Amazon FBA clearance arbitrage. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where aspiring part-time entrepreneurs learn how to turn their side hustle dreams into reality. Because your 9 to 5 may make you a living, but your 5 to 9 makes you alive. And now, your host, Nick Loper. Hey everybody, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show, where it's all about ideas, action, and results. Now, how about this for results? My guest today has netted $25,000 through the first six months of 2015, all part-time, all raising a family. And in this episode, episode number 125, we are going to get into how he's done that with Amazon FBA clearance arbitrage. I'm joined of course, by Travis Scott from StuffParentsLike.com. He's, he's a longtime supporter of Side Hustle Nation, which makes this episode that much more fun uh, to share. Now, it, and it's a very timely show as well, because I've actually just gotten started experimenting with this Side Hustle myself. I, I swear, I've spent more time shopping in the past you know, six weeks than I have probably in the last 10 years. So how it works in a nutshell is you buy products locally that are worth more online. You send them off to Amazon to sell and ship on your behalf. For example, I'll hit up uh, the clearance sections at Walmart, Target, Walgreens locally and use the free Amazon seller app to see if there's anything worth buying. Check the check the price spread between the the store locally and what that item is going for on Amazon. This is like one of the easiest and cheapest side hustles to get started. And really, the only downside is the time it takes to source the inventory, which my, my hourly rate, rate from it so far is not good. I will be the first to admit that, but I can see I can see myself improving at it and I can see it you know, scaling up uh, a little bit over time. And so it feels kind of a little needle in the haystack-y, if, that, if that's a word. And the other downside is you're tying up capital with that initial investment. So if, if it's something that's interesting you and you're kind of in a cash flow crunch, I would say start small and reinvest as you can. Because Amazon does pay very quickly, like every two weeks after an item sells. So there's a, a pretty quick turnaround to uh, to cash flow in, in theory with this. Now we keep reinvesting and you can see how it might dry out a little bit. But uh, stick around to hear Travis's best practices for sourcing, plus his buying criteria, the tech he uses to get it done, and how he plans to scale his business even more, plus some info on some free training you can watch on that subject. Now, last year, he was at $500 a month, so he's already increased this 8x in uh, in just a little over 12, month, 12 months. And as is per the usual, I've compiled all the notes and highlights uh, for you along with Travis's top tips into a free downloadable PDF at sidehustlenation.com slash 125, or you can grab a copy through the link in the episode description of your podcast player app. Ready? Let's do this. For me, I started about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, and it took me a long time to figure that out because I was kind of like where you are then. It just took a lot of time to figure out what stores I should go to what profit margins, what products I should be looking for. But a typical week for me now is my job. I travel for my job across half the state of Ohio. I know I probably made a lot of your, uh, a lot of your listeners jealous by telling them I'm from Ohio. <laughs> but uh, so I travel half the state of Ohio. So I'm in a different place all the time. And throughout my day, I try and schedule some time that I maybe over instead of going to lunch, um, I'll just do some Amazon shopping at different stores and maybe spend a half an hour, 45 minutes a day trying to find different products to sell in stores where I know I can find those products. What stores have been the best uh, hits for you so far? 
for me, I have a, a discount store. It's called Marks, where they buy a lot of stuff from like Targets and Walmarts. Like when their clearance stuff doesn't sell, they sell it to those guys. Mm, okay. So I go there a lot, and I'm sure there's stores like that all over the country. Some other big ones for me have been Sears. Uh, just the other day, I found I was in Sears. And there's four or five stereos that I found that were selling for like six or seven bucks and they sell for about 75 Whoa. on Amazon. Yeah. And Sears has always been a big one for me. I also bought some brewing kits there for $5 that sell for like 55. Uh, there's all kinds of things you can find. Um, Office Max has been a good one. Staples has been good for me. And then, you know, the, the typical ones that everybody goes to, Target, Walmart, Walgreens, Target hasn't been as good for me this year because I think a lot of people, that's where they start. And it, a lot of times when I buy clearance stuff at Target anymore, it's kind of like a race to the bottom because I think that's where everybody's sourcing some of their products. Oh, meaning they, Target has marked this down nationwide and pretty soon all the stuff is going to end up on Amazon? Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I feel like because I'll buy stuff where there's 100% profit margin and then a week, week and a half later, when I send it in, it seems like there's 10% profit margin. Mm. I'm like, whoa, what happened? Okay, okay. What do you, what do, you do in that case? You just have, kind of have to eat it and that's part of the business? Uh, when I first started, I started eating it because I just wanted it. My, my whole goal was to turn the profit as quick as I could. Because I know a lot of people try to take the 100% profits right away. They try to get the 100% profit margin, whether it sits there for one day or a year. Me, on the other hand, I'd rather just turn that cash around quick and reinvest it. So at the beginning, I would mark it down a lot because I was trying to get that cash to build my business up. But now I will wait like two to three months and then I'll start marking it down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. If it hasn't sold, now it's time to <laughs> to get rid of it. Yeah, that's, that's sort of how, how I work it now. But when, I think when you're first starting, I think you should just try and turn as, even if it's a small profit, turn it quick and then just go find more products. So basically any store that's nearby you that that has products that might be for sale on Amazon is fair game for this. Like any like hardware stores, um, I found some decent buys at be doing like drug stores, although in the drugstore, a lot of like the health and beauty stuff says I'm ineligible to to sell into this category, which I thought was weird. Or maybe I have to like apply for that. Have you have you run into some gated uh, categories? Yeah, there are a bunch of gated categories. I know health and beauty is one of them. You have to be selling for a certain period of time now and then you have to apply for that same with groceries if you want to sell groceries online oh okay um, do, you do, do you do food that seems like a weird one it is but i i do yeah okay uh last year it was a lot i haven't done food this year last year was really good man i was i was selling a specific kind of coffee i was buying it for 18 bucks it was three you know the k cups it was three boxes of those i was wrapping them and my profits were about 18 dollars on them Wow. So it was, uh, and I was selling like seven or eight of them a month. So it was a pretty good, it was a pretty good item, but it seems like more people are doing food this year. And it is, it is a lot more time consuming because you, there's all kinds of things you have to do. Like you have to wrap it, you have to put labels on it, like expiration dates. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. So it's, it's a lot of work, but if you can find the right product, it is actually profitable. Interesting. What is, so what's uh, your typical like buying criteria? That's probably something I need to get a little more systematic on where it's like hey, if i can make five ten bucks i'll say hey that's great i'll make that purchase you mentioned 100 percent margin which is essentially you know doubling your purchase price yes i guess i guess it depends if it's if it's a if it's a higher ranking item so 
every item on Amazon is categorized. So you might have items in kitchen or you might have items in toys. And then you'll use an Amazon app. Uh, I use Profit Bandit because it's easy. It's what I started with. Okay. And once you scan an item, it'll tell you how high it's ranked. So if it's higher rank, I will take less profit and try to flip it quickly. So if it's a higher ranked item, I'm looking for at least uh, probably 35% profit margin and at least $5 in profit. But if it's like if it's closer to 100,000, which is still in most categories a very good rank because there's over a million products in most of these categories, then I'm looking for an 80 to 100% profit margin. Okay. The the Profit Bandit app is um, is a one-time charge or they switch to a monthly fee? It's a monthly fee. I believe it's $9.99 a month now. Okay. So you find one good deal and you're and you're paid for. <laughs> yes. And most of the times when you find when you find a product, when you're out in the stores and you find one product, you're just not gonna buy one of them. You're gonna buy multiples of that product. Yeah, that's been my challenge, is it's kind of just onesie twosies and then it's like uh, a pain. Like if, if there was a lot of uh, you know, <laughs> 20 items and I think it was it might have been Andy Slammons who told the story of getting started with like the Barbie doll houses or something and you know buying as many as you could fit into his car and then going back and then buying as many as he could fit in his car the next load it's like I haven't I don't know I haven't uncovered any of those issue or those um, those types of deals yet where there's like just a mass closeout but I like that so I'm using just the Amazon seller app and one of the drawbacks is it doesn't seem to always share that sales rank. Some some of the items do. It says, "Hey, this is number, you know, three hundred fifty thousand in toys," but some of them don't. You're kind of left guessing, like, "Okay, is this going to turn quickly, or is this going to sit on the shelf for for a long time?" Uh, actually, even in the profit band app, some items aren't ranked. I'm not entirely sure why that is. It'll just say not applicable. Oh, okay. It'll still say it's in the category, but it'll just say it's not applicable. And I usually steer clear from those. Okay. Okay. That's, that's good to know. That means maybe that's like, Hey, we don't have enough data on this. It's not moving at all. Yeah. That's kind of what I figured. No, I have bought some just to see. And a lot of times, most of the times when I buy something that says NA and it doesn't sell for a while. Okay. Now, aside from tying up capital, is there any risk in, you know, buying inventory that's a little slower moving? Um, I mean, you're tying up capital, uh, you're going to have more fees because Amazon does charge you a fee like, every month. Like inventory uh, warehouse exactly. storage fee? Yeah, just a storage fee. So you'll you'll pay that every month to Amazon. It's very small. And, and I guess, uh, you know, you also risk the fact that someone else may come along and find that product the longer it's in there and just try and lowball it and drive the price down. Okay. So 30 to 45 minutes a day, um, you know, doing this consistently and building up, you know, to... Four or five thousand dollars a month in in profit, and you said during Q4 is when this really ramps up for for Christmas sales and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty pretty exciting side business, and that's you're doing much better on an hourly rate than I am. <laughs> but I guess my beef with it is it feels like just a needle in a haystack, right? And it feels like I'm not adding any unique there's no there's no me in this business right it could be anybody doing it which is which is one thing but like i just have a hard time doing the you doing the sourcing or trying to find like that treasure trove of of good stuff is there a a learning curve to that or is just hey you got to put in your hours you got to put in your scans and it is what it is i think it is what it is but it seems like the longer i do it the easier it becomes because 
I kind of think of it as like, you know how you sometimes when you get a new car, then you'll notice like everybody has that car, right? Mm -hmm. You think, I mean, that you just start noticing it more. And it seems like the longer I'm doing this, the more things I notice that are on sale. And now I know what stores pretty much are going to have sales. It's weird, but you, you know, walking into certain stores, you just know you're going to walk out with $100 in profit or $200. And that's how you look at it. I'm not, I'm not going to go in here to buy $50 worth of inventory. I'm, I'm going to go in here to buy $100 worth of profit. Yeah, that's, I always look at the profit. Oh, I love it. That's like, <laughs> and this whole thing has, has totally like re, uh, reshifted like how I look at shopping in general. I'm like, hey, I'm, <laughs> I have a reason to go to Walmart now. I have a reason to go to Target now. And so, plus it's made every, you know, when I'm out running errands, right? Like every trip now could conceivably be a business trip in terms of mileage right off. And that's right. You can write your mileage off. <laughs> when you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. So do you have any systems in terms of how much you'll you'll buy? Or are you shipping off to Amazon every week or are you trying like really wait to have a, a ton of stuff to, to send off? Most of the time it's every week. I know I was just doing the math the other day and I know I've taken five weeks off this year where I haven't sourced it all and I haven't sent anything into Amazon. Okay. But for the most part, other than that, it's about every week. And usually I'm going to have between 75 and 200 items to send in. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so if I'm sending in like 11 to 15 items at a time, like I should hold on to that for a little bit longer. You know, it depends because when I, when I first started, I got burned by holding on to some things. So for me, 
it's like a rush to get it in because I want to make sure no one else is out there finding this stuff. It's kind of like a game for me. Okay. You know, I want to make sure I, I'm the one that sends it in and I make the profit kind of greedy that way, but I just want to get it in and get paid on it. Greedy in a way, but not greedy in a way. Cause you're here sharing how to do this with everybody else. And you know, you built a Udemy course on the topic and, and on that line, like, have you seen while you're out doing this, have you seen other people in the store doing the same thing? Like, does that get awkward? I felt, I found like, yeah, go ahead. I just, for, for the first time the other day, I saw a guy going into office max and he was in the clearance section and his cart was filled. And I was so mad. <laughs> he beat me to it. <laughs> That's right. And uh, so, but I usually don't see anybody. That was really the first time I can ever remember seeing anybody. And I was really mad because he had like a cool scanner on his phone. It wasn't just the camera. Hmm. So he was, he was even uh, better at it than I was. Dude, he was serious. He was. Yeah, that's always the, the fear with these things. Like if it gets to be too popular thing, then there's no then there's no inventory left. Or I always like wonder if I walk out empty handed, like that's the worst. I feel like, oh, dude, I just spent 45 minutes here. I walked out with nothing. And like, you know, maybe somebody else just got up an hour earlier and went and, and did it before me. Like, I don't know. Is there is there like, so you're going every day. Is there particular times of the week or you got to learn kind of store by store? No, I just know which sections. I know which sections they go to in each of the stores because every store, like if you're in Target, it's the end caps. Mm-hmm. So you know to go to the end caps and you know what which sections are kind of hot for each store. Yeah. So that's, that's really just checking out the clearance items and knowing where everything is is my secret. Okay. Sears, man. I got to find a Sears near me. <laughs> I'll tell you what really helped this year too is Radio Shacks went out of business and I was really strategic about Radio Shacks because they were marking things down 60 to 80%. And I had a map of all the Radio Shacks in my area and I was hitting those, those people hard. Okay. And the one, the one month was my best months by far as I had over, uh, I think it was like $7,500 in profits. Wow. And it was all from Radio Shacks going out of business. Now, Radio Shack is an example of one that I went in and felt super awkward because it was like a tiny, it's a, there's, there's small stores <laughs> and it was like one employee who's like, Hey, can I help you find something? I'm like, no, I'm just going to be awkwardly scanning stuff over here. <laughs> uh, you just have to get over that. I imagine. Yeah. I'll tell you, it's still awkward for me. Uh, like today I was in a store and it was one, it's the Marks, it's a discount store and they had, they had this Jake and the Neverland pirate things and they're selling for $10 in the store and selling for 45 online. Wow. And I bought like 12 of them. And then there's <laughs> nobody needs 12 of them. So you know they they're all looking at me like I'm some weirdo. <laughs> and I mean I never tell them what I'm doing. I usually just come up with some other some other lie like I got a lot of nephews. Yeah. Now my buddy says, "Hey, look, I you know, he's been doing it so long, he doesn't even care. He's like, I bought breast pumps and adult diapers and, you know, <laughs> any sort of like embarrassing product you can imagine. He's like, I don't care. I'll buy I'll buy 100 of them." <laughs> yeah, I do. I still buy them too, but I still get I don't know, I get embarrassed. I'm kind of shy and I get embarrassed going up there with like cartfuls of just crazy stuff. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's, funny. it's funny. It's good stories. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, now, once once this stuff gets sent off to Amazon, are you at all concerned about your seller uh, account? Because one thing that I've noticed is, you know, so I've just started out and so it doesn't have any ratings for my seller account that says like, you know, a brand new seller or says just, just opened or something like that. Are you 
actively because I'll get email notifications. Oh, so and so bought your product, and then in the seller, um, your seller account, it like gives me the email of like who bought this thing. Do you send them messages and be like, leave me, leave me five star seller feedback? No, I've never done that. I know there are a lot of people that do it because it's supposed to help. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't think I've ever needed that. Okay. I, I just do the ratings come naturally. Yeah, I have over a hundred ratings now, and you have to be careful because if you really get into this, sometimes people will give you a poor rating, but it's because they don't like the product, mm-hmm. and that will create negativity on your account. And people may not buy from you, so you have to go to Amazon and you you kind of have to fight it. And you, if it's a product related review, they'll take it off of your seller feedback, okay. which is a good thing. Okay, so you you don't really care about the product feedback because it's somebody else's product. Um, exactly. And so there's, there's a risk in asking for seller feedback because somebody might uh, confuse that, can confuse the two. And I've had, I've had things where, because I know with Amazon, sometimes you know, you'll send in your products and it's all housed on an in, at a warehouse. But I know that, like, let's say my, all my stuff gets shipped to South Carolina. So all my products are sitting in South Carolina, but someone over in California buys one of my products. Well, Amazon will actually ship a product to that guy and Cal- or girl in California from a closer warehouse location. So I'll get credit for it, but it may not even be my product that's being sent there. So I've had instances where that's happened and they, they said that the packaging wasn't, it wasn't a new product or something. Okay. And then they give me bad feedback for that. Oh, but it wasn't so even yours. It wasn't even mine. Or like, so I've noticed like when I get reached, like people also, one of the big negative, negative things is people can return your products. Okay. Okay. So you can't get a return just like a store. And that stinks because I didn't even realize that the first time I got a, got a return. Amazon just sent me a notice saying, hey, we deducted $40 from your Amazon account because this person returned the item. And most of the time, then you have it sent back to your house. And I noticed a couple times when I get these items sent back to my house after return, like these weren't even items. I could tell from the packaging, they're the items that I bought, but the packaging was completely different from the item I bought. Hmm. So that's kind of weird, and I don't I don't like that. So so gets so gets returned and say hey, we and they say we can't sell this again we or we can't sell this as new. So what do you want us to do with it? And you say okay, send it back to me. Yeah, I'll say send it back to me, and then sometimes I'll send it back, um, and sell it like used but in good condition. Okay, and you can still make a lot of money doing that too. It's still usually profitable. Yeah, those have been a couple instances where I've like not pulled the trigger on a purchase because like, hey, the the numbers look good, but man, this packaging is so beat up. I don't think I could pass this off as as new, or if it's all like taped up and ripped and stuff, like it just looks bad. So that's been one instance where I haven't bought, and the other instance where I haven't bought when the numbers look good is like this thing is like two star rated. And it's like, oh, I, I don't know. Like if it has bad feedback, I get a little gun shy. Do, do either of those play uh, play into your decisions? You did the first one, definitely, because I didn't even think about packaging at the beginning. But after I got a return because someone said the packaging was horrible, I I stopped buying bad packaging. Okay. Um, as far as feedback, that doesn't. I'm not shy to pull the trigger on bad feedback if it's a popular item. Like if it's under fifty thousand, if it's under fifty thousand, I'll definitely buy it no matter what the feedback is. Okay. Somebody's still buying it even if it's still one star. <laughs> That's right. Fair enough. Fair enough. And then just on the listings themselves, are, are there anything you're doing to to spice them up or make them more attractive? Or is it pretty much just scan and, and send in in bulk? 
Yeah, that's that's the thing with that I love about Amazon is all the listings are there for you for the majority. Yeah. For the most part, they're all there, and that's the reason this is such an attractive business for me is because I don't have to do anything on that. I just send it in the and the listings are there, and I I don't think I've ever touched a listing. Okay. Okay. Do you do the option to to ship all to one? This is just like purely out of curiosity. Do you do the option to ship to one uh, warehouse and have them divvy up your inventory for you? This was something that surprised me the first time I was organizing a shipment. They're like, well, we want you to send one item to Tennessee. We want you to send one item to Phoenix. We want you to send one item to, you know, the, the one right across the hill in Tracy. And I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't think, <laughs> I didn't really think this through. So like I ended up, you know, canceling out you know, several of those shipments. Cause like, I don't want to send, you know, six boxes, especially if they're only gonna have one or two items in them. Yeah. I actually, Nick, I didn't even know that you could do that until like, I think it was January or February okay. that you could send it all to one location. So like around Christmas last year, I was putting in like 250 items a week <laughs> and I was, I mean, I, I was putting it all into the computer and I was so unorganized cause I didn't use any software then. And I, you know, I was trying to, organize these piles, these huge piles in my house. My kids thought I was Santa Claus. <laughs> then I was sending them, to, just like you said, to like six locations and it was crazy. But now I do send everything to one location and I've streamlined that entire process that it doesn't take me nearly as long as it used to. And what was the tool you mentioned using to help manage the inventory and like per item profit? Yeah, I use Inventory Labs. So, and I, I have a scanner. I think I got an Amazon for like $10. So it's just streamlined now is what I'll do is I'll sit down with all the products, usually with my wife, and we'll, we'll binge on like a Netflix, like Orange is the New Black or something. And scan and, <laughs> and, scan and package. <laughs> scan and package, baby. And what the inventory lab does then is it, you put in how much you paid for that item, then you, how much you're going to sell it for, and it'll tell you your potential profit. So it keeps a running tab of all your expenses and all your profits. And then even when it sells, it it keeps, even after you send it in and say you lower your price, it still keeps history of how much you sell it for. So, you know, you know what your profits are every month. Okay. And the nice thing about that too, is once you, I have a, I have a hooked up to like a dynamo printer. So once I scan it, the labels automatically print out and I label everything then and just throw it in the box. The, the scanner just like, is it hooks up to the USB or something to read the barcode and put it into inventory lab? Exactly. Yep. Man, it's fancy stuff. And the inventory lab membership is uh, forty dollars a month. Ballpark. Yeah, so I think it's thirty nine bucks, forty bucks somewhere around there. Right. So same as the pro uh, Amazon Pro seller account. Mm-hmm. Do you so four to five grand a month? Do you see this going to to ten or beyond? Or you know, at what, at what do you see this being a full time thing? Yeah, if I put more time into it, definitely I could get more income out of it. But for me, it's, I just like the extra, I like the extra income. It definitely supplements my full-time job and it makes things around the house a little easier. As far as doing this full-time, I don't think I'd ever want to do this full-time is because it, it would be a lot of work. I mean, I couldn't imagine how many items I'd have to sell for, you know, 10 grand or 12 grand a month or how many stores I'd have to go in and I'd probably have to buy a new car and hook a U-Haul <laughs> up to it just to, you know, keep all those, pro- get all those products back home. I think one of the more exciting things is like what you, Andy Slammons did or does and find items to manufacture from like Alibaba and sell them that way. And that'll be my next step in this business. Okay. 
that seems a little bit more scalable. You're not reliant so much on the local availability of good deals and inventory. You kind of steer your own destiny a little bit more. Yeah, and that's that's the way I'd like. I still like doing the uh, retail arbitrage, but I think just diversifying the business a little more would be a good thing. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, I'm I'm excited to uh, continue diving into this stuff because. Uh, you know, if there is any theme on the side hustle show, a lot of it, it has to do with tapping into some of these existing marketplaces, be it Fiverr, be it Udemy, be it Amazon, and you know, it's the biggest store in the world. So might as well uh, put put your uh, buy buttons uh, up there and see what happens. So, Travis, thank you so much for joining me. It's stuffparentslike.com. We'll link you all that up in the show notes, and we'll uh, wrap it up with your number one tip for side hustle nation. Buy low, sell high. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Nick. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode with Travis Scott, who's honestly one of my favorite people that I've gotten a chance to connect with through Side Hustle Nation, because you can just tell, like just an awesome, genuine, down-to-earth guy who's taking action, making it happen, and seeing some great results from it. Now, Travis has got a free guide on getting started with Amazon FBA on his website, stuffparentslike.com. You can go over there and check that out. And he's also offered a very generous discount on his full Udemy course on this subject, which I'll link to in the show notes at sidehustlenation.com slash 125. Now, while you're there, be sure to grab the uh, the free downloadable PDF uh, highlight reel from this week's call um, with with a summary of just all the nuggets that Travis shared. Also, you can hit him up on Twitter at uh, Stuff Parents Like. It's stuff with one F, so it's Stuff Parents Like S T U F Parents Like. Uh, hit him up on Twitter. Let him know uh, that you heard him on the Side Hustle Show and, and give send him a thank you for for sharing all of the uh, the insight on the Amazon FBA business. Now we talked. Uh, at the end, we talked briefly about scaling up this business by importing our own products. And I want to share a free live training on that topic that's actually going on tonight live, uh, July 30th, if you're listening in very real time with Will Mitchell from Startup Bros, who was on podcast a few uh, a few months ago. And if you're listening after the fact, no worries at all, because uh, the link uh, for the event and for the replay will be uh, will be the same or is the same, sidehustlenation.com slash import. We'll, uh, we'll get you over there. Now, I, I share this because I'm following along with their process, with the Startup Bros process in all this. And admittedly, it's go- I'm going very slowly with it. Just as I have time, I'll watch more of their training to, to kind of fuel my, my own Amazon adventures. And Will always delivers a, a ton of actionable advice you know, for free on, these, on the podcast and in these training sessions. So that link, again, hope you'll be able to join us, is, uh, is sidehustlenation.com slash import. Now... And now I've been having fun with the with the arbitrage shopping. Like like Travis said, it's it's a bit of a game. It's like a treasure hunt, and it's a cool way to get an introduction to the seller side of of Amazon. But the advantage that I see in the import model is just time leverage. Like it can it can scale much faster and has the potential for outsized returns relative to your time input compared with the with the clearance arbitrage shopping that I've been doing so far. So hopefully you'll be able to join me uh, for that training or check out the replay. Uh, if you do check out the replay, I, I want to share this little hack for <laughs> because as a thank you for sticking around to the very end. Download the video speed controller plugin for Chrome. This is my new favorite extension. As as you might have guessed from the name, it allows you to increase the playback speed of online videos, and it's just 
you know, you can get through the video so much faster and you feel so much more productive and happier because you're like, okay, gosh, just talk faster. And speaking of playback speed, if you're not already listening to the Side Hustle Show in at least 1.5x, that's a little productivity hack for you as well. That that, club, that plugin is not going to help you with the podcast, but usually in your podcast player app, there's an option to speed, to speed me up. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. You guys are awesome. I'm off to Podcast Movement in Fort Worth, Texas this weekend. If you're at the show, be sure to hit me up. And uh, as always, love to connect in real life. So until next time, let's go out there, make something happen, and I'll see you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.